0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. As we launch a new year, let me begin by asking you two questions. Do you want to live your life fully and to have the greatest positive impact that you can? Indeed, doesn't that prospect sound far more appealing than just let, getting through the remainder of your life with no particular point or purpose? And I'm quite certain, like me, you will answer both of these questions in the affirmative. The problem for so many of us: we want our lives to have meaning, but we're not uh, sure just sure uh, sure just where to start, and we may not even fully understand what it means to live a life of meaning and we certainly could use some tips on how to bring more uh, meaning into our lives. And today I have the perfect guest to help in our search for a meaningful life. And my guest is author and philosopher Bob Lichtenberg, Ph.D., who has compiled more than 13,000 pieces of advice on how to make meaning, as in positive impact on the quality of life for you and for others around you, and Professor Bob wrote down dozens of these life-changing ideas on index cards that he carried around in his shirt pocket for more than 30 years. And we're not going to discuss all 13,000 tips on today's program, but I'm going to ask Bob what it means to have a life of meaning, and to share a few of his most essential tips. And here are Professor Professor Bob Lichtenberg's background and qualifications. He has a master's and Ph.D. degrees from Tulane University in New Orleans and has taught philosophy for over 40 years at various colleges. He published 62 issues of The Meaning of Life, a frequently quoted, highly praised journal that at one time was the third largest philosophical journal in the U.S. He currently reviews plays and has reviewed and written about all the arts in different publications. And he uh, leads a monthly discussion group for 27 years uh, on making meaning and the philosophy of daily life, currently held at his home in Chicago, free and open to the public. And he's author of several books, including his latest that we'll preview today, published last July, Tips for Making Meaning. And hello, Professor Bob, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
1: Oh, thank you, Roy. Good to be here. Glad to be here.
0: Well, let's start at the beginning. Please give us your definition for the term meaning. Why do uh, we need to make more of it uh, for others and for ourselves?
1: That's uh, a great starting point, as always, to define terms, especially ones that are as ambiguous as meaning, as I myself have used that term in 80 different senses in my writings, I, I wrote them down Um uh, but uh, to get to your question, the um, I would define I define meaning as um, having a positive impact. Uh, the, uh, meaning can be negative, but we don't usually use that word yeah. in that sense, and I don't use it in that sense myself. No, we either. certainly
0: don't want to make negative meaning for others or
1: oh, for uh, <laughs> no, although meaning can be that, there's plenty of meaninglessness <laughs> in the world. For example, death. You
0: know, yeah, those are
1: very hard to deal with, but. Uh, I'm I'm talking most about positive meaning, having a good impact. That's how yeah. I define it. And having good relationships, good effects, doing the most good you can with your little life.
0: Well, it, it, This was very interesting to me. When did you first become inspired to study and write about making meaning? I know it was uh, shortly after the birth of your son.
1: Well, yeah, it was a, kind of a dramatic time. I had just been uh, let go by a major... University, who I won't name, <laughs> uh, and I was even kind of down about that, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I looked at my young son and uh, decided that um, I just wanted to have my life have meaning for him, and and, and for my family and for others, that's, that's what I wanted, and the word caught on, I thought it was, that's a word that hadn't been used much and could use much development. Yes. So that's when I began at that dramatic moment to well, study in prior, meaning. In a prior
0: book, Making Meaning, you present eight main sources of meaning for our lives. Can you run through these sources? I thought they were
1: very good. Yes, surely I'd be glad to. Uh, the first one is having good quality relationships yeah, to right. other people, that's most likely to produce happiness if you could find that. But we're at the mercy of other people there. I'm going to have to keep these brief. <laughs> yeah. uh, the second source of meaning is to have a sense of community with other people, yeah. You know, a caring group in which you're active and involved. Uh, the, the, the next uh, source of meaning is to um, have a uh, meaningful dialogue or discussion or talk, not just trivia or chit-chat, yeah. um, just, but talk weather. about ideas, not not abstract or intellectual yeah. ones, but intelligent yeah. ones. <laughs> Fourth source of meaning, a very important one, is to find fulfilling work, because that's yeah, where we're going to use most of our energy
0: and time. I can certainly but, um, second that. I had a few jobs that I just despised and uh, impacted my whole life. I couldn't really enjoy life when I wasn't enjoying what I was doing for a living. But uh...
1: yeah, it's a big part of our lives. So it's a big source of making meaning. Yeah. Hopefully, we we can find fulfilling work, but it's yeah. very difficult. Most jobs are just things that need to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's not fulfilling. Uh, next, source, meaning number five is um, to search for intangible ideas. Well, these are things that are abstract that you cannot touch. Oh, um, but they could have a lot of meaning. For example, the example I'll give is love. You know, uh, to to know what love is. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, uh, other ideas too are justice and goodness, truth, and you know, I, big ideas like that. Very difficult to be sure, but it could be a big source of meaning if you could sink your teeth into it. Yeah. them and then um, and uh this i believe it's the sixth one source of meaning is uh to seek God and seek uh, you know his whether whether there is a God or not to um construct your own arguments for God, because a lot of time would be involved there if the western religions are true, they say we'll live forever in happiness with God, yeah, but uh. Uh, we need to know whether this is um, a true intangible idea or not and uh, think about the arguments uh, uh, or proofs, evidence for God the b- main one would be that there has to be a creator of the universe yeah. even the big Bang started only yeah at a definite time 14 point uh, I believe it's 13 I'm sorry 13.7 billion years ago but still before that there was nothing so that's <laughs> The Creator argument is still a pretty strong argument for God's existence, then the last
0: one is probably the least significant, but for many people, maybe the most significant unfortunately, and what's that <laughs> oh
1: um, yeah it's um uh, it's art finding meaning in art um yeah, you're right, yeah, it shouldn't <laughs> should be important, but for a lot of people, it's too much. <laughs> For them, that's why I put it last. But really, art is nothing but the expression of emotions, you know? And that's all art does. It expresses profound feelings of happiness and joy. Well, no, an thinking point,
0: material possessions. Was one I was thinking of material possessions. I was
1: thinking of it. Oh, yeah, I did skip that, material possessions, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, material possessions is definitely a source of meaning because you need them to survive, but they don't lead to our prosperity. And uh, they're uh, rather short-lived, too. People find they're happy when they buy something major. But they're only happy for a short... You So your neighbor
0: buys a more expensive car, and then you have to go out and...
1: Yeah, that makes them happy, but it's only for a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't last, and then and uh, looking for something else to buy yeah, and to give them meaning. But it's it's never much meaning in the material realm. That's what
0: really intangible. Um, to live a joyful and meaningful yeah. life, do we need satisfaction in all eight sources of meaning? For example, well, no. your life have meaning? if you have great relationships and a strong sense of community? Even though you don't like your job and maybe you don't have a lot of material possessions, do we don't need all eight? Or, uh,
1: no. No, you don't need all eight. It'd be better if you have all eight of course, <laughs> but you don't great. have to have all eight. You could have um unfulfilling work but still um get all the other sources of meaning when you're not <laughs> at work. You know? yeah. And that would be a highly meaningful life. But yeah, for it's generally. kinda
0: hard to do if you have to work fifty hours a week,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and commute a lot yeah, as many of us.
0: Well, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Can you please give us uh, three or four tips from your most recent book on how to bring the most meaning into our daily lives? Give us a couple tips there.
1: Sure. I'd be glad to. Uh, I think the uh, simplest and biggest one is to uh, simply to connect with something greater than yourself, whether that's another person or social cause, or the biggest of them all would be to connect with God, but that's very hard to do. Um, another tip is to um, try and do as much as you can at one time. Like for example, when I walk my dog, I read my I read a book, and my <laughs> my dog runs free. But and I also yeah, pick hopefully up litter. Hopefully, you
0: don't walk into the traffic. <laughs> Well,
1: the dog knows better, and so do I, even yeah. though <laughs> you know I'm reading a book. You know. yeah. uh, you know, and, and you get more living in that way. I've, I've gotten so much done. You know. That's an interesting thought. If, if you're good read at multitasking, in other
0: words.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting exercise, too, and so is the dog. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Four things at once. Reading, exercise, exercise for the dog, and well, I guess... I don't know what the fourth one is. Yeah, really so you
1: get a lot of meaning out of multitasking, if you could handle it more than... And um, yeah, another tip is when you is to do good for others, because when you do that, um, uh, they get meaning, you should know, if you do something for them. But that gives you meaning, because you made them happy.
0: Yeah, isn't it amazing how good you feel when you really do something for somebody else? Just to the yeah. benefit, mm-hmm. not necessarily to you. It increases
1: your own meaning, but mostly you know, you're making meaning for others. But there's a side effect that that your life has more meaning; it has yeah. more positive effect because you did good for others. So that's another uh, tip. Would you like some more?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I got thirteen hundred of them. <laughs> more,
1: more than that. Uh, it's just making meaning every moment you can. Yeah because life is so short and it goes so fast. Uh, Oh, um, a big tip is to know the laws of logic. There are laws of logic, and they do tell us how to think, and they can guide our thinking. And they can guide our thinking and test our thinking for um, uh, all all of it, all our thinking. Even our opinions can be evaluated
0: and judged. I think a lot of the opinions thrown around... Today and politics. yeah, most you know, of what we talk about, is, think, we don't talk about lie. facts,
1: facts are boring,
0: you yeah, know. We <laughs> all know the facts, who cares about them, you know? But <laughs> the facts are very different depending on which news channel you tune into. <laughs> well, yeah, they have different they're, perspectives, they're differently,
1: but but our opinions can be judged and evaluated um, <clears throat> by logic, so I uh. It's, it's very meaningful if you know logic, but there's practically no logic of uh, sorry, there's no knowledge of logic in our society.
0: Yeah, we have we almost none. This, I don't see it anywhere logic. in the public. Where do we go <laughs> to find these lo- laws of logic so that we can uh, evaluate opinion against those and see if it makes any sense or not?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's an important tip. Yeah, that involves thinking. However, you know, humans think they're rational animals, and we are, and we do um, do uh, have the ability to understand abstract ideas like God somewhat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think um, a very helpful tip is to regard humans as basically emotional animals yeah, And they they live primarily on the basis of their feelings because they're not very good with ideas. The mind yeah. is very limited in that respect. We cannot know many ideas at a time.
0: Yeah, an uh, example of how emotional human beings are. When Forty-six people were killed in those uh, Iranian demonstrations the other day uh, as they stampeded, I don't know where, but... Uh, it, can you believe that anyone would be so emotional that they would actually kill somebody else? Crushing each other, <laughs> living on emotions.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's where humans live. We live yeah. <laughs> mostly on emotions, on that basis of our feelings. What we feel is right and good. We do that. We follow that. We we don't. We're not very good at thinking of abstract ideas. It's, although we do have some capacity for that. So I always appeal to a person's emotions, and their will is very strong in humans, too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, one of your eight sources of meaning is seeking God, certainly an essential one. But what if you're not a member of a mainline religion? Perhaps you're an agnostic, even an atheist. Please explain how you can connect to something greater than yourself if you don't believe in a supreme being active in human affairs.
1: If you don't believe in God? Oh, well, you can connect to other people. You could have good quality relationships,
0: friendships,
1: involving discussing ideas, not abstractions as yeah. a, a distinction. No, kind of, it's,
0: it's, it's certainly difficult to try to depend solely upon yourself for uh, guidance and ideals. <laughs> so I know um, I believe in a God, but uh, even if you don't, you need something other than uh, just yourself. Oh, well, yeah, you'll certainly
1: get more meaning. The bigger the
0: um
1: the you know, object that you could relate to is, yeah. you know, the I
0: bigger like it is. The, uh, the more, I like more your, meaning I, you can give. Your credit, the uh, <laughs> uh negative uh, indication that the that people when they ask if there is a god, they say, Well the universe is so vast, how can there be a god? And also why is there so much huh. evil in the world? <laughs>
1: Yeah, those are sense. difficult questions, They're yeah. very difficult. Uh, <laughs> but we got to think about them all our lives. Yeah. They have more meaning using logic, logic and some knowledge, yeah. and uh, we can get a get a lot of meaning
0: that way. Yeah, it's um, easier if you believe in an afterlife because then somebody that suffers tremendously in this life still has the prospect of eternity in uh, something better, so (laughs) that's one way to get around it, I guess. And uh, in terms of uh, the size of the universe, it's really beyond the human grasp to imagine a god over the entire universe or even a universe that never ends.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, science tells us that the universe is expanding. It's getting bigger, Uh, although the rate is slowing down for some reason that we don't have a clue. Yeah. But um, but the universe is expanding, but that raises the question: what 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 in what uh, what what is it expanding into?
0: Yeah, that's what I always <laughs> wondered. What's the other empty side space, of the
1: universe? But it is empty space. That's the universe. Most <laughs> yeah. of it is empty space. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> so that's a little difficult question. It's fun back to, to, to Earth think Earth. about. One will never understand.
0: I'm yeah. sure let's,
1: our let's, intellects are just too puny, yeah. puny to understand
0: that. Let's come back down to earth and say I'm 48 years old and I've basically been running my life on empty. Uh, In the early 20s, I may have had dreams of making a real difference in the world, but I've long since faded away uh, through the daily pressures of earning a living and raising three children. My kids are teenagers now, and they all know uh, more than I do, they think, and they no Uh longer pay much attention to my wife and my, uh, my spouse and me. And at work, I have reached a plateau far short of where I thought I'd be at this age. And basically, I'm taking it day to day, waiting for retirement that is still about 17 years away. And this isn't really me, by the way. (laughs) This is an assumption. And I don't, uh, I'd like to bring meaning back into my life and have a positive impact on the lives of my spouse and kids and on others, uh, but I don't have the foggiest notion of how and where do I start? Oh, that is a very
1: complicated uh, question and problem. Um, uh, And it takes me many pages in my um, first book to answer that question.
0: I guess they start by reading your book then,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But basically, I would try to answer it here by saying you should try and do as much as you can um, to show that you love them, and love is giving, giving to others, but um, you're uh, not expecting anything in return, that's the highest form of love, Yeah, aim for that, strive for that, give to others. Gives them what they need, not what they want. Big difference there. <laughs> as yeah. much as you can determine it, which is not easy, certainly. As I said, it took me many pages to answer that question. Um, and it's, it's uh, I hate to say this, but it's going to be different in every case.
0: You know, yeah.
1: I can't really make that specific. It all depends on the other person and um, uh, what they what they true, what
0: they like and so what they truly need. And well, tell us a little bit about your 2019 book, Your Latest Tips for Making Meaning. Uh, for whom is it written and what's the most important message you'd like readers to take away from it?
1: Well, it's certain for um, everyone, but mostly oh, I hope everyone but I, I don't think it will um appeal to people who haven't had college education.
0: Yeah.
1: You need, but it's you not need to have that. Professional
0: psychologists philosophers. Oh, no,
1: not for them. No, they're off in the clouds, most of them. <laughs> they're in the realm of academia. They're pressured by their colleges to be that way. Um, you know, which is not good. uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sorry. What was your question? I got away.
0: Uh, uh, should uh, the book be read uh, along with your outstanding 2016 book, Making Meaning: Seeking the Most Meaningful Life? It seems like that covers the basic definitions and get you started, and then uh, the tips for making meaning would uh, provide that specific uh, knowledge you would need to uh, find that meaning. Do you suggest reading those two books together? Oh,
1: yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah read them together The to, uh, if you can. Uh, it's a lot of reading. Um, it's over 200 pages. Uh, Making Meaning is the first book to develop that idea, which I think is the greatest idea. What yeah. could be more important than the significance or the effects of something, the impact of something? Yeah. Uh, I think it's our greatest idea, but it's the least developed one because it is ambiguous and vague. But uh, I'm trying trying to define it, write it to start, pin it down, fully develop all aspects of it. Um,
0: I previewed it on Amazon. It looks like it does that very well. But uh, where's the preferred location to preview and purchase either or both of your books? I guess Amazon is. I know it's on Amazon, both of them.
1: Yeah, and Barnes and Noble, you can get on that too. But uh, it, the um, the book does uh, develop that idea and uh, and apply it. But I realize, you know, after developing it fully, that a lot of people you know, have a difficult time reading much of substance. And so uh, I, I I wrote a much abridged version called Making More Me. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that's when I got it down to 57 pages. That's uh, I just got to the point of what is meaning and how to make it. And, uh, oh, I, I recommend those books to your listeners. Or, um, Where do you find that? That book is only 57 pages long. To, to develop the idea fully, it was over 200. That's a lot of reading. Some of it's pretty difficult.
0: How uh, do I, do I, I get, get hold of more than Making More Meaning, the 57-page book? Uh-huh. Right.
1: That? Yeah, that—that's uh, you know, right to the point. It's not the full development as making meaning was of the concept of making meaning. You know, or, or it's, uh, I, I abridged it quite a bit, so you know, so it's much less time-consuming for people to read. Which is hard, and we don't have time. You know, we're always busy.
0: No. <laughs> There's not much time for philosophers anymore. We're all too busy getting quick feedback on Twitter and <laughs> yeah. finding all the answers there. Where do, where do you go to get that 57-page uh, book? Is well, then, the uh, he would be best, but... <laughs>
1: Uh, most people don't. aren't you know, near me. So, uh, as you mentioned, Amazon.com. Okay. Or go yeah. to um, Bob Lichtenberg, Google that on uh, your computer, and you know, you'll find a lot of places where you can get it. I recommend Amazon.com or com. Get it. Get it at both of those.
0: Okay, that's fine. Well, let's conclude. I'd like to conclude. Here's a great question for you to explore as we begin a new year. What is meaning, why do I need to make more of it for others and for myself, and how can I do so? And my guest, Professor Bob Lichtenberg, has been on a mission for 30-some years to convince others that meaning is our greatest, broadest, and most helpful idea. And believe me, a former sleepwalker through life, once you uncover your life's true meaning, it will make all the difference in the world. And when you have meaning and purpose in your life, you are much less likely to let roadblocks uh, kill your resolve and stop you from doing something worthwhile and meaningful in your life. And Bob, in uh, one of his books, quotes German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, who says, Anyone who has a why to live can endure almost anyhow. And I love that statement. And the search for meaning is, in fact, a search for grounding. Which can steer you on a path of joy, purpose, and fulfillment for the rest of your life, and I highly recommend you preview Professor Bob Lichtenberg's latest books, "Making Meaning" and "Tips for Making Meaning." And what's the name of that fifty-seven-page book? Making more meaning. Okay, just to add a more. You'll have all three. Yes. to Look at. <laughs>
1: making more meaning. Yes. And you'll find that. Which right is again. what we do. We all have meaning, but. Yeah. Um... The ideal is to try to make more of it, but so many people are complacent. They think they have enough, meaning they have enough uh, ideas. They think their ideas are right, and they get very set in their thinking,
0: yeah, they're and they really uh, aren't really
1: them. looking for anything else because they, they think they know what the best that they can. But really, there's a lot more that we need to know. About meaning and how to make it, you just got to want to do it. I think is main yeah. main thing, or feel feel that uh, you want to do it. And making meaning, Roy, is uh, something that will definitely is, uh, the thing. If you make meaning in your life and make more meaning in your life, then you will certainly have a happy life. And that's yeah. what most of us want to feel. We want to feel happy in our lives. And
0: um really, and also bring joy to those around us, That nihilism and
1: Yeah, well, joy <laughs> is, denying is
0: a bit strong
1: but it'd it be difficult to make a lot of joy but for others, but we can help to make lives more meaningful by just by being friendly and helpful and considerate, stuff like that. It's all in my books in much detail. But I hope it's clear because I I re- revised it many times. I revised my um, books, made them clearer and simpler because it, it's not an easy subject, not an easy topic. It's what the hardest thing in life. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Professor too. Bob, for today's introductory lesson in meaningology. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, as a we new study. If we have time
0: to talk about it further, we could talk all day and all night on the subject of meaning.
1: Oh, that would be a lot
0: of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks to Professor Bob Lichtenberg for his uh, fascinating discussion of finding meaning in our lives. And uh, let's end today's program with some good news. Um, I know all you Generation Xers out there, you're now all middle-aged, 40 to 55, according to the experts. And according to an article by Andrea Peterson in the January 13, 2020, Wall Street Journal, you Gen Xers are redefining the roles of midlife renewal. And forget the old trappings of midlife crisis, and welcome to the virtuous new midlife crisis. Many people facing middle age don't want to blow up their lives, just upgrade them, according to studies. And compared to earlier generations, people at midlife today, you folks 40 to 55 or whatever, are less likely to feel like you've missed out on having fun. Instead, you're often more worried about staying healthy enough to see your children graduate high school. Doctors, uh, health uh, resorts, Meditation teachers and adventure travel companies say they are seeing growing numbers of people in their uh, 40s and early 50s who are seeking to change their lives after having a midlife epiphany. And the virtuoso network of travel agencies has seen an uptick in people marking midlife with trips to remote or physically challenging destinations like Antarctica or the Appalachian Trail. And Butterfield and Robinson, an operator of high-end biking and hiking trips, says that in the past five years it's seen a 20% increase in bookings by Gen Xers celebrating birthdays or other special events. And there is a growing awareness of how midlife influences, uh, or how lifestyle, I should say, influences health that is shaping many midlifers' decisions, doctors say. That's certainly a good thing. More research has shown how diet and exercise, we talk about this all the time, how they can play a role in the prevention of diseases such as cancer, heart disease, and even dementia, information that may be spurring middle-aged patients to turbocharge efforts to improve their health, uh, says Robert McLean, uh, president of the American College of Physicians. And Canyon Ranch, which operates destination spas and other preventative health care services, says it is seeing more midlife clients who are beginning to feel the signs of aging. There is the general sense that I can't get away with what I used to get away with. (laughs) Or uh, the personal wake-up call, I've had some of those myself. The cholesterol reading, the high blood pressure, the being overweight, says Jim Eastburn, Canyon Ranch's Corporate Director of Transformational Wellness. Middle-aged guests also have a greater sense of urgency around mindfulness, he says. In response to demand, the company has added several new spiritual wellness services in the last couple of years, including one titled, Cultivating a Life of Purpose. Sounds a lot like uh, Dr. Lichtenberg's work, doesn't it? A.J. Schneider can pinpoint the exact moment his virtuous, our virtuous midlife crisis began. It was two years ago when he was 46, and he was attending the funeral of a high school classmate in his hometown of Buffalo, New York. When somebody you know well who was your age passes away, you get pretty introspective, said Mr. Snyder, an executive vice president of Wheaton Van Lines in Indianapolis. He stopped eating most carbohydrates and refined sugar. He practiced intermittent fasting, only eating for a limited number of hours each day, and he took up running. He's lost 42 pounds and no longer has to take Lipitor, he says. Now Mr. Snyder looks forward to celebrating his daughter's high school graduation by climbing a mountain or going skiing or something like that, he said. Midlife is the age when most people kind of sit back and say, well, now that I'm all grown up, what do I really want to be, says Gerald Lee Shapiro, a professor of counseling psychology at Santa Clara University in California. People begin to rack up losses of their parents' professional dreams, the ability to fit into their skinny genes and health problems can emerge. And you can become more aware that time is limited. This midlife reevaluation is healthy and normal, Dr. Shapiro says, and I'll certainly second that. It becomes a fault on crisis only when people don't deal with the rebalancing very well, or feel like they can't make things better, and that they're destined to a deterioration the rest of their lives. Then it becomes a crisis. On her 50th birthday, Kai Jackson. Started a life bucket list. Not a bad idea. Take a woodworking class. Learn a good joke. Read every book that won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction and run marathons in all 50 states are among the entries. That last one's a little harder than reading those books, isn't it? (laughs) Well, she's currently uh, logged races in 32 states, and she keeps the list on her phone and checks it regularly. I try to really stay focused on the goals says Miss Jackson, now 51, and a stay-at-home mom in Austin, Texas. Ms. Jackson says her experience volunteering at a nursing home and working with seniors uh, with dementia has given her a sense of urgency. It gives me some perspective that there is no guarantee of how we are going to end up or when it's going to happen. I really think time is short, she says. And in... Uh, and her midlife goals have to fit into her life as a busy married mom with two children. We're going to talk about uh, dealing with motherhood and having a full life next week with our guest. She has two children, ages 13 and 14. She says, I can't leave my husband, not logistically, she jokes. I can't go out and buy a two-seater car because I have to drive kids around. The biggest goal on Ms. Jackson's list is to hike the entire 2,190-mile Appalachian Trail, something she plans to do when her younger child graduates from high school, and she's already picked out her trail name. The moniker's hikers choose for themselves Sweetwater. Well, go for it, Sweetwater. I hope you make the whole 2,190 miles. And so would you like some assistance in your own uh, reexamination and reviving your life at midstream? Well, may I suggest my own book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards. It's a comprehensive roadmap with 21 self-help participation exercises and your own pre-launch checklist in the book's final chapter. And you'll find my book, both in e-book form and printed form, on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or through our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And many folks from 40 on up. Have told me that there is my book is extremely helpful as a uh, <coughs> guidebook to midlife renewal, and that's our program for today. Uh, join us again next week when we tell you explain why again once again we explain why middle age